4: All right.
5: All All right. 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 This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's in the bonus with
6: Doug Gottlieb. What up? Doug Gottlieb in the bonus. Gosh, we got a lot of things to get to. Um, This is fascinating, really. All the different things we got to get to in the bonus. Right. We gotta get to the games. We gotta get to the college games to Tennessee. Like, ugh, you, you start to you on, on one hand you feel good for Tennessee and then you're like, ugh, that means Clay Travis is gonna be front and center. I'm kidding. Clay's a Clay's a friend. We obviously disagree on a lot of stuff, but that's I believe what um yeah, I believe that's what actually happens with friends is that you are able to um you're able to kind of process, process the things that you don't that you don't like about them or that you disagree about them, but you're still able to be friends with them, right? That's how I actually roll. But uh, Clay Travis's Tennessee Volunteers um, took down Alabama. I, I I just want to do that. This. this is really interesting. It'll get it gets lost in the story because there's the celebration and there's the goalposts going down, but that was one of the weaker kicks I've ever seen, and it wasn't like it was like an 80 yarder, right? But that thing was a wounded ducks are like, that's way worse than us. And yet it found a way to go in. All that anybody cares about is that it, in fact, went in. Um, But I I want to start with this. The the league misses on people. It just does. Tom Brady was a six round pick famously. Tony Romo was undrafted famously. The league misses on people. And there are guys who are backups in the NFL that occasionally – get an opportunity to start and to play and it's not just a flash in the pan it uh uh it it becomes better re- i mean it, it they can get better quickly but can they sustain it that's the big thing is can they sustain it i mean look at so many of these backup quarterbacks Ryan Fitzpatrick has had this in the past right where he get a chance to start and play great and you get like four games of playing great and then all of a sudden reality kicks in a great backup quarterback and a spot starter and a good spot starter. But there's a difference in a good spot starter and the leader of a franchise. And and what happened with Cooper Cup yesterday is what we all knew, I think, essentially would happen. We just wondered when it would happen and how it would look. I'm actually not down on the Cowboys. That was a winnable game. There were a couple of atrocious penalty calls. Some penalties that were atrocious, but penalty calls get Micah Parsons talking trash, gets a penalty like, really? Come on, man, what are we doing? But again, none of that's the point. The bigger and or biggest point and most pertinent thing is that Cooper Rush, if you want to do the water finds its level or people find the level that they're at or whatever, it's we knew Cooper Rush was a backup for a long time. And that became pretty obvious yesterday you know like you came into the game like why is Cooper Cup a backup why didn't anybody else reach out to trade then you watch like uh, uh oh <sighs> uh, right, 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 right. okay um, so I thought Cooper Rush got exposed and I thought it was pretty obvious and it sucks because he appears to be a really good dude and a really good backup and totally in on everything they're doing in Dallas But there's just guys where you you try and explain to people over time, hey, look, I know he's playing well, but he ain't that good. He's not better than Dak. Trust me on this one. You just got to trust us. And finally, our trust was paid off. Unfortunately, it's like one game before they had Dak Prescott ready. Dak will probably be ready next week. He'll probably play. Yada, yada, yada. It'll be fine. They tried to get away with one more game without him. And in many ways, the Cowboys got exactly what they needed, right? They showed they could compete, but also showing that they needed their star quarterback. Yesterday, especially the first half, was one of the great first halves in the career of Dak Prescott because he became, um, he became the guy who uh, just isn't good enough right? I mean, excuse me, Dak Prescott became the guy who, he, he is. The, he's the difference maker. What's the difference between them winning and losing last night? Would have been Dak Prescott. And I would generally agree with that. And I've been, you know, like, we could sit here and go like, hey, Dak hasn't beaten good teams anyway. I, I agree. I'm not a huge, it's not like Dak Prescott for president. Dak Prescott's better than Mahomes or better than Josh Allen or better than, you know, you, you pick the elite level quarterback. But he's good. And he's definitely better than Cooper Cup. And that uh, that would have been uh, that would have been changed or different, or maybe we had a better chance to see how good the Cowboys were if Dak was in fact healthy yesterday.
5: It's time for the list of the day. I'm on the list. Oh
7: snap! Why didn't you say so? All right, list of the day.
6: Let's start in college football. Number with ten. Number ten. Number ten. Oklahoma State, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Gottlieb, you're putting a one loss. Oklahoma State still in the top 25. That means somebody who doesn't have a loss, like Syracuse, is not on this list. USC also not on this list. They just miss. I have Oregon off of this list as well. Oklahoma State lost in double overtime to TCU, who they led up until the fourth quarter. Um, still a very good team and not out of the Big 12 title hunt, not out of the national playoff hunt. We'll put Oklahoma State at 10. Number nine. UCLA. Bruins, of course, mashed Utah, who beat USC. Granted, it was at home. UCLA still undefeated. We'll put them at nine. Number eight. Um, I'm going to put Ole Miss at eight. Uh, Ole Miss is obviously not only really undefeated, and they're in the SEC. But so far, their SEC wins are over Kentucky, and a close win at home will love us a good quarterback. right? Um, Vanderbilt and Auburn. right? That is not exactly the top of the league. Um, but they do have three SEC wins. They do have two road wins. Granted, Vanderbilt and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech fired their coach. Vanderbilt's team not really competitive at the top of the SEC. We'll find out much more about them as they go to LSU, to A&M. Bam at home, at Arkansas, Mississippi State at home. So my guess is Ole Miss may fall out of the top 25 at the end of that murderous row. Uh, but m- maybe not. You know, they lose only one of those games. They'll still be in the national title hunt. Number seven. TCU. TCU uh, dominated. Uh, they dominated OU. Right. They smacked OU. Fifty-five, twenty-four. 24 Then they beat Kansas on the road, who was previously undefeated in a close game. And then they came from behind to beat Oklahoma State. They got Kansas State, tough game. Then at West Virginia, Texas Tech, at Texas, uh, at Baylor. So not out of the woods yet in terms of getting to the College 12 playoff or the Big 12 title game, but looking pretty good as most of the, the, the toughest parts of their schedule, OU and OSU, already, already gone. We'll put, we'll put TCU at seven. Number six. Clemson. Uh, Fighting Tigers look pretty good. Beat Florida State. Survived. They beat Wake Forest. I don't think they're an elite team, but I think they're right there in that next mix. Number seven. Number five. Six, seven? No, we gotta need number five. Number five. There we go. Alabama. And you're like, whoa, Alabama almost lost to Texas. They did, but they did not lose. And yes, they lost to Tennessee in the last second field goal on the road. Close loss. They're going to be at five. Number four, Tennessee. Tennessee. Look, I think Tennessee's really, really good, really, really athletic. Um, Hooker's what twenty? About to be twenty-four years old. He's got a ton of experience. Is a good football player. But they're not like flex their muscles, physically dominant. They're right there. I could put two through five. Uh, I I would say you could do two A, two B, two C, two D, whatever. But we'll put Tennessee at four. Number three, um, Michigan. Michigan dominant over a previously undefeated Penn State. Good team. Again, I could list them as 2B. Number two. Ohio State. Going to put Ohio State second. Um, look, they're going to play Michigan, and if both teams are undefeated, whoever wins will go to the Big, 12, Big Ten title game. And If they win the Big Ten title game, they'll go to the national football playoff. It's really that simple. Number one. Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, I know a couple weeks ago. They gave us a scare trailing Missouri almost the entire game. But when focused, they're dominant. In back-to-back weeks, in back-to-back weeks in the SEC, they scored 97 points. Granted, bottom of the SEC. And it picks up now as they get Florida at home, then Tennessee at home, then they go to Mississippi, to Kentucky. They won't play Alabama until they get to a national championship game. But considering how Oregon has rebounded and um, how good they look, I'm going to put them at, at, at number one.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
2: Hi, checking in for...
0: Or the perfect table.
2: Hey, where are you?
0: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card.
3: Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you
0: made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at
4: americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape.
8: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Let's get to what the Fox says. <laughs> what does the Fox say? Every day on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, we play for you portion of a previous show, or two or three in this case, on Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports Radio. Here's Brady Quinn, part of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe,
9: talking about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers looks like a shell of himself. And I know Christian Watson was out at the hamstring, and they've had issues with the wide receiver position. Like, you could make the case that, not that Devontae Adams, the addition of the Raiders, has, has helped out that, that much there, but, man, they miss him in the worst way in Green Bay. But something's off about Rodgers. He, he, just, he looks so apathetic out there. Like, he just doesn't care what the outcome of the game is. And I do wonder, like, I'm going to pose this question. When Mike McCarthy was there, he'd always talk about grit and all this other stuff. And I know there was, like, sometimes I'm sure where, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy didn't get along. But I think part of that was because Mike McCarthy probably would, would put pressure on Aaron or would say things to Aaron. And then you get this new regime there, and they go draft Jordan Love. And until this most recent contract where, like, look, once they gave him that contract, it was over. I don't know what's in store for Jordan Love after this, but the reality is, unless Rodgers retires, like, you know, he's you know he's the guy there in Green Bay, and there's also this sense of like comfort that comes with that. Maybe they were all right, man. Like maybe he's he, he lacks that motivation and that pressure and, and that sense of urgency, if you will, that they need right now. That he he needs right now to play the way he has the past two years as the back-to-back MVP. Like I, I'm I'm spitballing here because the Packers look. Awful. Uh,
6: the Packers do look awful. I mean, but look, they already had issues at wide receiver and their most talented kid, Watson, doesn't play. Uh, then the one guy that he kind of believes in and he can count on, uh, Randall Cobb, gets hurt. Right? And and they struggled. You know, no one's ever done it without dudes. They also had, I think, six drops yesterday. So part of it is, I'm sure, a... and. And, and, and if we're fair, right. Though Nathaniel Hackett hasn't proven to be a good head coach yet with the Broncos. We'll see tonight, but he's missing without Nathaniel Hackett, the whole thing worked together and they were unable to keep it together. And I think everybody is at fault. I still believe they're trying to transform them team into a transform themselves into a power running team, but they just can't seem to figure out there's no rhythm. Um, I think he lacks confidence, but rightfully so, in those young wide receivers because they keep dropping balls and guys keep getting hurt. I actually kind of side with Aaron Rodgers here if he is apathetic. But it's a long season. Everybody's kind of clumped in the middle. We'll see if the Packers figure it out after two really... I've back, had back more than two weeks, right? They were not good against the Patriots and they won. They were not good against the Giants and they found a way. Um, and, and they lost, right? And they were not good against the Jets and they get they get beaten badly. So... Uh, I do think Aaron Rodgers saw it coming before I saw it coming, or maybe maybe you saw it coming as well. They do not look good, but I think a lot of it is they just don't have, even the dudes they do have aren't healthy either. All right, how about this one? Um, this is Colin Cowherd talking about Tom Brady.
5: I saw a story this weekend where, oh, Tom Brady is yelling at the offensive lineman for Tampa. He was at a wedding Friday. Okay, first of all, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – have been a daiquiri at a whiskey bar my entire life. Silly, uneven, underachieving, rudderless, goofy. Nobody that you really like ever orders a daiquiri. Right? You've never had a friend who loves daiquiris. That's what they are. And then Brady arrives, year one, yells, screams, barks, they win a Super Bowl. Last year, the knock on Brady, and we said it on this show, he was indifferent. After, he wasn't yelling at people after November. He felt a little disengaged. We found out he wanted to retire. What happened? The team went back to being the Buccaneers without leadership. Year three, now he's back to barking. I'm here for it. I mean, the Steelers didn't have T.J. Watt and still were in Brady's grill the entire afternoon. They were getting incredible pressure without T.J. Watt and without stunting, and he was upset. Well, he was at a wedding. He missed Friday's walk around and Saturday. Really? This is a guy that wrote a book on an avocado ice cream doesn't drink a beer during the season. We're going to question Tom Brady's commitment. The guy's going through a personal crisis. He's got a brand new coach. Oh, yeah, that coach was fired his last job. They've had cluster injuries to the offensive line and wide receivers. And we're questioning Tom Brady's commitment. In the NFL in the last 20 years, there's one or two things you can't question. Andy Reid's brilliance, Belichick's defensive strategy, Brady's commitment.
6: Yeah, I wouldn't – I wouldn't question Brady's commitment either. Uh, But what I said to start the radio show is what I'll say now, which is if you've ever, the better analogy for Colin would be this. If you've ever played pickup basketball on a Saturday and you start to take off your shoes, you unlace your shoes. There's always a guy who goes like, how many we got? He starts counting and he gets to nine. He looks at you. He goes, run one more. Right? What always happens when you run one more? The game's usually not as good and somebody gets hurt. And what's happened here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Bunch of dudes have gotten hurt. Uh, hasn't been smooth. And Tom Brady is probably saying to himself, I, I, I can't believe I did this, right? Now they're questioning his work ethic because he, he went to his former owner of 20 years, one of his close friends, Uh, wedding yeah check please we saw this with brett Favre when he came back for one year with more year with minnesota and it appears what we're seeing with tom brady there's a lot of reasons for dysfunction tom brady and for you know 15 years ago brett Favre were part of it they're not the only reason but trying to run one more back this is how it generally works Uh, Here's Skip Bayless on the Eagles win of the Cowboys last night.
1: Okay, I'll take it. It is my turn now. And here's what really happened last night. My quarterback, the backup quarterback that you called the intern and the jag and the the undrafted fraud waiting to be exposed, the October pumpkin, he got thrown into a bonfire of a buzzsaw in Philadelphia. And I tweeted. You can look at my timeline. I tweeted before the game that Josh Allen and the Bills, if they'd got thrown in that bonfire, they would not have survived either, because the Philadelphia Eagles are on fire. Do you realize, have you checked, did your researcher check the, the turnover differential total of the Eagles right now? Did they check? Yeah. They're up to 14 takeaways to only two giveaways. Do you realize that's plus 12? Do you realize that's eight clear of any other team in the league? They are running away with the most important stat in all of football.
6: Um, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I, then don't turn the football over. Don't throw interceptions. I actually agree with Shannon Sharp that Cooper Rush is a jag, just another guy. And um, I, I, the Eagles, like we're seeing this over and over again, right, where they get that second quarter, they make a run, get a lead, and then they just kind of hold on for dear life. Um, I know we're supposed to be blown away by how good Jalen Hurts is, and he absolutely has improved, and that's a good football team. But their lack of second half scoring punch shows you what I think ultimately will happen later on in the season. Teams I I believe will adjust. And the question is can he forget play with the lead? What happens when they get behind? But um the defense is really good. And what happens when a defense is really good is they can take chance and take chances and go after turnovers, and that's what the Eagles have done. And that's what the Fox said. Ah!
1: What does the Fox? Say?
8: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex
0: Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply.
4: Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show Podcast.
8: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: And now, it's Your Annoying. I love Your Annoying,
6: where we find the most annoying people in all of sports and sometimes outside of sports, and we call them out for it. All right, we got a lot of different... A lot of different nominees. Let's start with Robbie Anderson, who was just traded to the Arizona Cardinals from the Carolina Panthers. Here's Rodney, Robbie Anderson getting sent off the sideline yesterday for
9: the
1: Panthers. Why do you think you're
9: taking that? I have no idea, you know. But, you know, one thing I do, and I always stand on and continue to do, is I give my all in everything that I do with this game, you know. I don't play this game for money. I don't play this game for fame, things like that. I play this game because I love the game of football. You know what I'm saying? And regardless of what's been going on the past week, I always keep my head down and keep working, you know? So all I want to do is help us win the Super Bowl. And that's all I want to do.
6: Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out, right? If he doesn't play it for money, then he's, he doesn't count against the salary cap for the Arizona Cardinals. My, my thing with Rob Robbie Anderson is... Um, Look, he's been in the league for seven years and every team he's been on is bad. And now the Jets seem good and he's not on the Jets. Maybe there's a correlation there. But we all knew it was a dicey situation with the Carolina. You know, you're down a couple of quarterbacks. You fire your coach. Like, we know you're up there, you know, to be traded. And I don't know. You just, you kind of make an ass out of yourself. He's annoying. But let's see who the other, see the other nominees are. Here's Sauce Gardner who put the cheese head on his head after the Jets beat the Packers in Green Bay. Here's the rookie's explanation.
4: Being able to play against somebody like Aaron Rodgers, you know, that was a true blessing. I said I grew up playing Madden, and he always been on Madden since I can remember. Running off the field with that cheese head thing, cheese on my head. That was a
6: crazy feeling right there. I'm never going to forget that. Um. The thing about Sauce Gardner is, I give him a pass one because he's young and two because he's actually walking the walk while talking the talk, right? So we'll give him that level of that level of pass. Um, we got Kyler Murray, we got Andrew Friedman. I, why do you want to nominate Andrew Friedman there, Chase? Too
10: because uh, he's been the uh, he's taken his team to the postseason eight times and seven of those times he's not won. Um, I think he's. Known now more for the championships he lost as opposed to the one uh, shortened season tournament that he won. Um, There were moves in this past series that he told Dave Roberts to implement that just completely backfired. I think he uh, he failed to trade for a closer at the trade deadline, and that's fine. But I think not trading for a closer, deciding to not add your closer to the roster for the series was basically saying we could win our way. We're not going to do it the conventional way. We've got numbers. We're nerds. We could spit matchups at you, and we're going to make it work. And it didn't work because all season long, they were able to rely on this juggernaut offense. And when you're relying on juggernaut offense all season long, you're not addressing flaws. So when the postseason comes and everybody is a little tighter um, and people are grabbing their nuts and we need to uh, make plays when the pressure's on – then you're not scoring a whole lot of runs. So what do you need to, to rely on your bullpen? Um, he's told Dave Roberts to pull Anderson after five innings yesterday. Anderson or, or Saturday, Tyler Anderson said that he could have gone more than five innings. Um, th- those are just maybe two of the hundred reasons why Andrew Friedman is annoying.
6: Um, okay, I, I don't know if that I don't know if I, I, I that hits on annoying to me. All right, so my uh, you're annoying winner is going to be Robbie Anderson. Uh, you know, look, we all know how to act and react when things are bad. Things are bad in Carolina. And I hate the fact that he, uh after his stint, stunt, where he gets kicked off the sideline in a game they're losing, he gets kind of rewarded with a new lease on life and a trade out of town, which is like now if you're there, don't you act up. You might get yourself traded. But Robbie Anderson not having the, The intuition to say like, hey, uh, it's a tense sideline. Some stuff went on. We could always talk about it after the game. I should have just chilled and walked away. I should have been with my teammates. Not having any. There was never any. I was wrong. Robbie Anderson. You're annoying. All right. Pick of the day. Pick of the day is Monday night football. Chargers taking on the Broncos. Um, I like the Chargers in this game. I do think they figured some stuff out over the past couple of weeks in terms of protecting Justin Herbert. The defense is getting better and getting healthier, still without uh, Joey Bosa. But the Chargers are the much better team. It's at four. I take the Chargers, and I'll take the under on it. I just haven't seen anything offensively from the Broncos to lead you to believe that they're going to be able to score, you know, 21 points or so, which would make it like a, you know, a a 24-21 win, which would be a Broncos cover, right, would be – would also be hit hit the what would it be the under still twenty four twenty one yeah because it's forty five and a half I just haven't seen that from the Broncos so I'm gonna take the Chargers and the points Chargers and the over Chargers and the over all right that's the uh, in the bonus pod my appreciation to uh, John Ramos for all the technical work and of course my guy Jason Stewart back with you tomorrow on the radio show at noon on the West Coast three on the East Coast. The In the Bonus pod is always available, part of our Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Glad you enjoyed it. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is In the Bonus.
0: I'm Dioza. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio, season nine. Love Love at at first first listen. listen.